The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I have the book, The Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from Saturday, two hours worth of Bradley Dean. So if you'd like to do that and check that out, you can do so. Up until 3 o'clock today, at which time he'll be live in that little area. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button. Uh, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the rumble icon. It'll be in the bottom right-hand corner. And then uh, click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. we got a lot of friends over there this morning, so good to see you guys. And uh, while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel, the channel Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And then we're also streaming live over on Before It's News dot com top of the page over there um so you know give them a give them something there as well um back to sonsofLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming lives where you can sign up for our email newsletter again that goes out once a day late afternoon early evening all the articles we have for the day including the morning show archive so be sure and um and check that out and then finally our story is available uh top of the page sonsoflibertymedia.com in the um the menu there. By the way, if you're looking for a Rumble channel, you can get there by SOL Radio Live. Um, that link is there that goes straight to our Rumble channel. So if you're having trouble finding that, go to SOL Media. I mean, and I know some of you guys um, <laughs> don't see what we put out on Sons of Liberty Media because you send me stuff that I've already posted on. <laughs> but that's okay. I appreciate everybody, um, you know, sharing information. I, I think that's a good thing. Um, but in any case, that's available. The store's there, the link for that. You can also donate if you want to make a one-time donation to us to keep us out there doing what we're doing. There's a button for that. And also, if you want to partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty, that's available. The store contains the book that we're pushing. That's Bradley's latest book, which is um, All the Prophets Are Pointing to the Front. We have that for $10. The Soldier of the Cross. Uh, I'm wearing my Soldier of the Cross T-shirt today. And um, so uh, that's available 
uh, $10, and then we have the bundle for Soldier of the Cross as well. So you guys be sure and check that out. Okay, a lot of stuff to cover this morning. I'm going to play my interview with Kirk Elliott here in just a little bit, but I kind of want to lead up. There's several things, and this one I just came out uh, this morning. Um, again, it's it, it's this has to be one of the most the strangest things <laughs> to come up, and you'll see what. This is just an example I want to give you of what I've been seeing over the past couple of weeks. And I know this is this is inundated with everything, but usually it used to be that, you know, I opened this particular browser up to set up our, our live streams on Rumble. And, um, you know, you would get, oh, I don't know, it's kind of half and half, you'd get news propaganda, and you'd get all this entertainment stuff. But this is what you, this is basically what you see now. What you guys are seeing on, on the video platforms now. You open it up and see it's all this sports, movies, TV people, singers, and all of it is, has this um, appeal to doing these movie binge-watching, TV show binge-watching. They're going back all in, and you see the stuff that they're promoting. This is supposed to be, this is supposed to be the news page. Uh, virtually everything that you see on here has some kind of entertainment value. Football, television, whatever the stuff is. And then if you go to their headlines, um, you start out with American Idol. There it is. Then you got Five Greatest Political Songs from Bob Dylan. A stamp maker, San Francisco 49ers. And you got this guy, veteran turf rider. I don't know what that is. Art Wilson passes at 71. So you got that. Then you got Beyonce and Jennifer Lopez. Then you got whatever this is, BAFTAs, whatever that was. I guess that was some kind of award ceremony or something. Um, and then you got, here's Patrick Stewart. These are the, this is their headline stuff. Dave Matthews Band. 49ers again. Easy guitar tutorial, tutorials. And, and basically, the only thing I see here that was anywhere close to something newsworthy is the thing on Fannie Willis, and it's right there, and you can see it. But as you scroll down, what do you got? I mean, even, even the presidential rankings that they have here is entertainment. And, and this is the news according to MSN. <laughs> guess we shouldn't, uh, I guess we shouldn't be surprised at it, but again, I, when I see this stuff, it's like, man, I mean... Talk about people being just unable to be informed uh, if, you're gonna, if that's where you're going to go for your news. Um, I, I guess you think that entertainment, football, television, all that other stuff is going to solve the problem. It's, it's not. Uh, but I just thought I'd show that to you guys. This is what, that's what I'm seeing there. Okay? That's, that's what I see. And, uh, and then they'll come in in line, and you'll have like a ton of people in that little slider that I was showing you and down below, they've died. Let me give you an example of that from this morning. Um, I was, I had come on and this was in the headlines. Son of former YouTube CEO, Susan Wojcicki, Wojcicki, I, I don't know how you pronounce her name, found dead at UC Berkeley. Now, if you don't remember who Susan, this lady is right here, the YouTube the former YouTube CEO. This was the lady. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we we had several articles here dealing with her. This was um, this was one here. The CEO Nazi. 
She said, if you post videos disagreeing with the official narrative put out World Health Organization on COVID-19, we'll remove them. This is, uh, this is her attacking that. And, and again, you know, look, I, I don't want somebody to lose their son or anything like that. But my goodness, I mean... Listen to what she had to say. uh, This is on CNN. Netflix to Hulu, Disney Plus, and all the rest. YouTube is seeing a big spike in views of news videos. This Bloomberg headline citing a thirst for virus updates. Uh, There are a lot of uh, facets to YouTube. Missing disinformation is a problem on that platform as well. I spoke with YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki uh, for her first interview since the pandemic really started. By the way. This guy is reporting from the least trusted name in news, and he has a thing about... uh, The irony here is incredible. ...spread worldwide about the changes that YouTube has made to address the surge in viewership. We've served billions of impressions um, across our network that come from all the different public health organizations uh, and made sure that people understand um, what are the resources. I never thought we'd have so many videos of hand washing, for example. Um, but we've we uh, you know that's just one example. But we've served uh, so many different areas to make sure that users are getting the right information. Um, we've actually seen a seventy five percent increase in the. Um, um, news coming from authoritative sources since the beginning of 2020. Um, so we've seen a, a lot of demand there. Um, but then we also... What does talk- that mean? That means an increase in, in... So let's let's get this. She's saying we're trying to give you resources from authoritative sources. Who made them authoritative? Who made the, who made the World Health Organization authoritative? Did the people vote on that? Did they say, yes, we believe you're authoritative, or you know what's going on? This Nobody did that. They just self-appointed themselves. And our governments took our money and started giving it to them, stealing it from the people and giving it to them. Okay, This is the same chick who's telling you, oh, we need to give you all the right information. We, we need to control your thinking. That's what they're telling you. And I, I, I told the bad guys like this Susan Chick here, former CEO of, of YouTube, told them on the air, my daddy's watching you. You think you've got the upper hand on the people and you think you're going to enslave the people. Ain't nah. My daddy's watching it and he's going to deal with you too. He's going to deal with you too. And video views for those? Yeah, and so we talk about that as raising authoritative information. Um, but then we also talk about um, removing information that is problematic. You know, of course, anything that is medically unsubstantiated, so people saying like, take vitamin C, um, you know, um, take turmeric, like those are all will cure you. Um, those are the examples of things that would be a violation of our policy. Um, anything that would go against World Health Organization recommendations would be a violation of our policy. And so remove is another really important part of our... So let's, let's, let's communicate what she's saying. Because this may not seem like it to you, but I just want to point out to you what she's doing. Turmeric. Who makes turmeric? Does Big Pharma make turmeric? No, God makes turmeric, doesn't he? Who makes vitamin C? I mean, they make vitamin C, but usually what you find is this ascorbic acid. It's not really vitamin C. Who makes that? Well, the Creator made that. Who, who makes the, the foods and, and things that are good for us, that we know are good for us? 
Yeah, it's not the stores. It's not YouTube. It's not the World Health Organization. So what this lady is doing, she is a useful idiot on behalf of those who are at war with God. And by lumping herself in there, she is at war with God as well. And John tells us this in 1 John. He says, friendship with the world is enmity with God. So while this may seem sort of, she's just kind of saying, oh, you know, we want people to this, that, and the other. No, she's doing the exact opposite. She's pointing people to Big Pharma and to the liars at the World Health Organization, the totalitarians, you know, Terrorist Teddy and his, his gang of, of merry men over there. That's what she's driving towards. She is a useful idiot, and now she's lost her son. Now, <clears throat> I'll have links up to this if you want to watch the rest of what she's saying here. But I just wanted you to see, this is that lady. Now, they're telling us uh, in the news that this woman, her son... Um, Marco Troper, and I'm not sure if, you know, there was a divorce in her history, and that's why he has a different name. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there. Um, but this young man was, let's see, I, I'm trying to see what is that. He was 19 years old. 19 years old. And they say, I mean, this is kind of interesting. Um, Esther... She told the San Francisco Gate that she believed her grandson had died from a suspected drug overdose. And then she says this, he ingested a drug and we don't know what was in it. One thing we do know, it was a drug. Okay, I don't, maybe I'm a little lost here, but uh, how do you know it's a drug, but you don't know what's in it? I'm going to guarantee you this kid probably took the shot. He's at UC Berkeley. Uh, his mama is pushing all of the false information that's going to get people killed and did get people killed. It wasn't for their safety. It was so you would believe their lies. It was so you believe their lies. And by the way, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, YouTube, which is uh, comp- it's one of the Google companies, Alphabet, uh, I think is the, the name of their you know, sort of mother company there. Uh, YouTube is a branch off of that, and you know Google got millions of dollars to start up from the American people. Our government illegally gave them money for a startup, just like they do through the CIA front group uh, QIntel, uh, where they get these tech companies and they give them our money, which we never authorized. They're stealing from us to give to these big companies, and then they're taking that technology and they'll they'll develop their own. Or just steal it and start using it. That's what the federal government is doing with all this. But I just thought I'd show you this. This is an element of what we're seeing with, um, for instance, Cloward Piven. Um, that whole system and, and the things that we'll look at here, are that ideology is to take down the system that's in place. Now, I want... I. I I'd love to see the B system gone away, but I'd love to see it taken down rightly and then the people establish themselves under God, under a self-government rule. Lots of liberty, okay? And I mean liberty to do what is lawful. And less of this tyranny, theft. I mean, men are still going to be the way they are. They still have wicked hearts that need to be turned, and this is why we have the gospel message as well, because only God can change the heart. You know, Neither Bradley nor I nor you can change people's hearts. We can't reach in there and do that. 
but the Lord does it. And so uh, the, the entire Cloward-Piven deal is to destroy the economic system so that things can't, it's to overwhelm it. So you see that in a number of ways. You're seeing that now in the healthcare industry because of the convids and the shots. You're seeing, a, you're seeing it in the influx of illegal immigrants that they're taking money and they're funding them. Thousands of dollars per illegal immigrant who comes into the U.S., and even those who come in, as we saw with Dr. Lee, they've, they've written the law in such a way and they've put, the, put the, uh, the border walls inside the landmass of the United States. So if somebody just gets you know, close to the border wall, they're on U.S. soil. They, they can claim asylum. And then there's a procedure in place that if you get to that place, then you can claim asylum and then you've got that process, right? All of that is a part of overwhelming the system. Then you get... You throw in things like Obamacare. Uh, you say, well, they got rid of the individual mandate. Yeah, but they're sti- they still have all of the infrastructure in place. They didn't get rid of the unlawful law. They got rid of a small portion of it. They're still spending money on that. Millions of dollars every year on that. And keep that in mind because that's going to tie in with what we've got with uh, Kirk coming up here in just a minute. But there are several other things. Um, let me just hit this, and then I'm going to play this video. Uh, I think Bradley played it for you the other day, but because of shows that I already had scheduled, I didn't get a chance to, uh, to, to deal with it. But I do want to play it here in just a minute. But just to let you know of a couple of other things that have, um, that have gone on here recently. This is the, F, you know, our friend Suzanne Hamner, by the way, uh, published her book on the 17th on Amazon. You can get it there. It's Informed Consent and Unalienable Right. I'll drop the link in the uh, in the chat and everything in just a bit. But, you know, she had been writing on informed consent. And here you've got uh, the FDA is removing informed consent protections from some human clinical trials. Now, I, I, want to, I, I just want to say this. You guys out there, if you're a quote-unquote law enforcement, I, I don't even know what to call them anymore because they're not enforcing the law, that's for sure. Uh, they're agents of the state. I, I do believe that. Um, and they're going to do what the state has. I mean, there's going to be some guys who have consciences who aren't going to go along with what the state says, and I, I get that. But overall, our quote-unquote law enforcement, uh, I think it's pseudo-law enforcement because our Constitution says the law enforcers are the militia. The Constitutional Militia. That's you and me, fellas. And we're going to learn it one way or the other. I'm just telling you. We're going to learn it one way or the other. And so we can talk about, oh, don't use the M word because the feds will be all over that. Oh, you'll get infiltrated. Well, you know what? We can face all those kinds of problems and we can be scared of what may or may not happen or we can do what we're supposed to do. Simple as that. We can do what we're supposed to do. That's one. Then there was this story that came out. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, this guy right here, um, I'm just going to show on the video platforms, um, Martin and Karen Misfelder. Uh, this is them here. This guy, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he had the shot. I don't know what was going on, but look at this. He was in the middle of a flight from uh Thailand to Germany. 
when he just started, I mean, blood just started coming out of his mouth and nose like a bunch of it. They said liters of blood coming out of his mouth and nose that he died. This guy right here. While he was in mid-flight. Now, I... It, the immediate thought that I have it, that I had was, is this part of this, you know, are they releasing the disease X? Are we going to see more of stuff like this? I don't know. I don't know. I, but I know that the Lord has promised that if the people won't repent, he sends the judgment seven times more harsh to get our attention. A lot, of, Probably everyone listening to me right now was affected in some way or another by the convicts. Either your liberties were trampled on, you've got loved ones that are sick, you've got people who were murdered. Look, we had Don and Kara on on Friday about that. The murder of their of his wife and her mother through COVID protocols. All of listen, it's not just crimes that are happening. All of that is a part of judgment. It really is. You're saying that God uses wicked men to judge his people? Yeah. Have you guys not heard of Nebuchadnezzar? Have you not heard of Babylon and how they went in and they took the, the children of Israel and they, they killed many of them and they took a lot of them captive into Babylon? And then later on, Babylon was judged for what they did? Yeah, of course he does. And in all of it, I want you to understand something. In all of it, the Lord does not sin. It's not the Lord sinning. It's not him doing something wicked and evil. It's men with wicked hearts. And he uses their intentions, their evil intentions, for good. For good. Judgment is good. It's the one thing we're lacking here in the United States. is real judgment against real lawbreakers. And the vast majority of lawbreakers are not out amongst the people, although there are, there are those do that, that do that. I, I get it. It's those who claim they represent the people, whether they're bureaucrats or they're elected you know, people in office. They're doing that. So with that said, those are a couple of things there. I wanted to play this because this kind of ties some of that together. And I, I hope it's going to be, look, if you are a person who wants to put Donald Trump back in the White House, thinking that's going to solve that, please hang on, okay? I'm not going to talk bad about you, but I am going to say I want you just to listen to this brief interview. It's only seven minutes, a little over seven minutes, and it is a Greg Hunter. Uh, he does USAWatchdog.com. I've seen a couple of interviews, you know, little clips and stuff with him, and the interview parts that he's had have... I thought were pretty good on some of the things that, that he has. But I realize Greg is, he's still in that mindset of Republican good, Democrat bad. No, no, no. Both of them are, both of those parties are bad. The Democrats tell you exactly who they are. And they have no, they have, they're unapologetically, uh, as a party, against everything that makes us who we are and who we were as a people, who we were established as a people. They're very open about that. The Republicans claim that they're for all of the things that we're supposed to be and that we were established on. But they let the bad guys 
get away with all the bad things they're doing. So what does that make them? That makes them accomplices to the crimes of those guys. And so you get people like Greg and other conservative constitutionalists, all this other stuff, that people flock to by the millions. Mark Levin, Rush Limbaugh when he was live, whoever the guy's running the show over there now, uh, any of your conservative commentators, your Sean Hannity's, your, your Tucker Carlson's, all this stuff. Oh, well, Tucker Carlson's saying some good things. Well, I'm not saying he hasn't said some good things. But you just need to keep in the back of your mind who he is and what his entanglements were all of these years. Just keep it in your mind. Because he may tell you the truth on some things, but you have to ask, why is he telling me the truth? And why is he not being censored? Why is, why is he just all across the medium? I mean, I'm just asking the question. If he's really telling you the truth. So this is uh, this thing with Greg Hunter and um, uh, Catherine Austin Fitz. And, you know, Catherine Austin Fitz has been on the inside. She was there, you know, running HUD uh, and stuff. I think it was during Reagan. I think that was when she was in. And she exposed a lot of things that were going on. And whether you like Catherine Austin Fitz or not, Listen to what she says, because she's trying to help Greg here. Like, we've been trying to help people who are caught up in the Trump idolatry. And again, don't turn it off. If you like Trump and you're wanting to put him in there, you really need to hear this. This is real love for you, is to help you understand what you're trying to justify in your head of why Trump did this and why Trump did that and why did he roll out the shot and why did he spend $10 billion, not million, $10 billion to depopulate the United States. And it's not just Trump because somebody had to send him the spending bill. That comes from Congress. So it's not just the president. He's, he's supposed to be the guy who's the check on that, that if there's something unconstitutional in a spending bill or a law, he's supposed to say, I'm not signing that. I'm not going to sign that. Um, <clears throat> so keep that in mind when you listen to this. Now, this is, pretty, this is pretty informative here. So take and listen, and you'll understand why I don't have to spend a whole lot of time on Joe Biden. Everybody listening to me knows he's a bad guy, don't you? Don't you guys know that? You know he's a traitor. I don't have to convince you of that. But when it comes to the guy that you think is doing something for a man, you think it. But his actions show something completely different. Quit trying to justify it. And this is what Catherine tries to help Greg do. Take a listen to this. On while the Hunter Biden laptop has now been exposed for exactly the crime scene that it is, they're still going after Donald Trump who wants to destroy the new world order. I mean, I had Alex Newman on. He says, you know, if you, I know you would disagree about the, you know, the shots and all that, but boy, he was taking a sledgehammer to the New World Order. He got us out of the Paris Climate Accord. He got us out of who? Well, but wait a minute. He put $10 billion into a military program to depopulate Americans. Come on, Greg. I'm going to be a tough guy about this. He, do you think he was told the truth, though? I mean, Burks came out on Fox and said, I always knew the mRNA injections would not offer, uh, you know, uh, much protection against infection. She came out and said that. And listen to what she responds like, here. He so like, if you look at the history of what is known, it, it takes 10 to 12 years to test out a vaccine to make sure it's safe. Everybody knows that. And no vaccine is safe. You know, come on. So... No, you I think you no know, way. You actually think Donald Trump actually knew? Hey, we're going to depopulate and murder off a bunch of people. I see. I don't. I, I think he was lied to, and he he missed this. 
He knows so now. He, know, he knows thing. now. That's if what, there that's was my one question. person who understood how dangerous vaccines are that was in political life, it was Donald Trump, because this was a big issue during the campaign. And he made a big issue about, you know, the dangers of vaccines. So he knows. So you think he knew ahead of time? You think he knew going into it that we're going to depopulate people? See, I just don't believe that. I think he knows now. I think he definitely knows now, but which he should. Which I'm pissed that he's not coming out. So, so I'm I'm just going to be a tough guy because okay. I knew, I knew the injection program stunk. I knew it was dangerous, and I knew there were different nefarious agendas that could go on. And I said to people, you know, as soon as the virus started or as soon as they claimed there was a virus, because I, I think it was more than one thing going on, I said, don't worry about COVID. Worry about the injection. Don't take the injection, whatever you do. So if I knew that in March 2020, I'm sure Trump knew that. So no, $10 billion, he put in charge of Operation Warp Speed someone who's, you know, was head of research at a pharmaceutical company and his expert, you know, his it was his expertise was on brain machine interface. Come on, Greg. Here's here's the problem. You know, Trump, you can say Trump, you know, was on board for a depopulation or Trump got rolled. Either one is not a very good case to be made that he ought to be president. Wow. You got I I just can't believe that he would say, sure, let's kill millions of people. I just have a hard time believing that, especially when Burks writes a book. But I, so, but go back. Okay, so let me pause here just for a second, because what's happening here is Greg is stuck in this mindset of idolatry. That's what's going on. He has, he has made Donald Trump into something that Donald Trump is not in his mind. And this is what Catherine is trying to help him see. Greg, will you quit going back to this? Quit. How do you justify these things? Well, I just can't believe you do it. I think he's God in the flesh. I mean, Greg isn't saying that, but you know many of his supporters think that. He's God's man. Oh, he's God's man for the hour, but not for what you think he is. No, he's here for judgment, just like Joe Biden is, just like the usurper in uh, chief Barack Hussein Obama Satoru Saparka was. He's here for judgment, not to deliver you, but to judge you. Mm-hmm. Mark my words, that's what he's here for. He's not here to deliver you. And the only way you keep that guy going like that, see, the people won't deal with Joe Biden. They're not removing him out of office. They're not arresting him. They're not doing what they should do. And they want to put the guy in who stole their money, gave it to the DOD, distributed a bioweapon out among our population, and told you to get it. And he still is telling you to take it. Oh, but Tim, you don't understand. It's a, there's a misinformation campaign. The military is really in control. Trump is still president. Well, if he's still president, and things are so great under Trump, how? but then you hear the division. Oh, no, no, Obama's running things. Well, which is it, guys? Which is it? Or are they just all in bed together serving their daddy the same way they've always been doing it? And again, I think this is a perfect example of what Bradley and I have been trying to do for years now is to help people who say they believe the things we believe to understand that when you get a political idol, when you make a political idol, it is hard to hold to the law. Why? Because you're breaking it. 
by elevating a man up and justifying his crimes against the people. And that's what we've said about Trump. This is, this is not hard to understand, but it is a mindset that many around us have. And you know what? I'm not here to, um, I'm not here to try to say, <clears throat> you people just, you don't get it. Well, some of them don't get it. That's true. But some of them see it. I watched Stu Peters work through that. I haven't seen Stu Peters in I don't know how long, but I watched him work through that because he kept trying to justify what Trump was doing so he could support him. And finally, I think he got over that hump and he started saying, no, 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 we got to hold him accountable. We can't be putting him back in. Good. That's a good thing that somebody realizes that. Here's the here's some more of this. Then you're saying he's incompetent because if I knew what I knew, you know, don't tell me I knew more than Trump. I don't I, I just don't buy that. I'm saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying, ah, oh, that's just that's depressing because you got to hold people accountable. You got to tell the truth, and you got to hold people accountable. That's the only way out of this. And uh, Biden is uh, a big fat. Oh, Biden, Biden, crap. Here's the thing: the president is not running the situation. The president is not in charge. That's what you got to understand. And, you know, I keep talking explain about that. The, the president. Like, please. So you, we explain that. Well, he's the president. Why isn't he in charge? But explain why, what what happened in 1963. What happened in November 1963? Well, Kennedy was shot in the head. Well, the U.S. intelligence agencies and military and establishment got together and killed the president. Right. That's right. And yeah. and and who, who controls the Secret Service? Right. It's the yeah. secretary of the Treasury. And, and the people who run the country. So the deep state controls the Secret Service, and their guns point out, and their guns point in. So, you know, the president, in a highly centralized system, the president has very little power. Now, I've told you the red button story many, many times, but the moral of the story of the red button story, if you go to Solari or you, you go on the web, you can do a search for the red button story in my name, and you'll pull it right up. But essentially what it says, everybody in America wants their check. And the way they get their check is to borrow more money and print more money. And so you've had a lot of popular support for the financial coup. And, and the reason is everybody wants their check. Now, you put the president in charge. You hit the population with massive amounts of propaganda, disinformation, entrainment. Suddenly they're screaming they want a vaccine, right? And you're Trump. And you feel cornered and squeezed by the fact that everybody wants their check. And the only way you can get their check is to be nice to the deep state and the central bankers. And the only way you can make them happy is to give them whatever the entrainment and TV has persuaded them they want. Do you think that he uh, art of the deal this thing and he had a trade-off? And the trade-off was, well, you get your check, but some of you are going to die. You know something? I have no idea what was going on. And I don't care because you had the president roll out something that in March 2020, I was sure was going to harm and kill millions of Americans. And he, he either has two reasons for doing it. He's incompetent or he is breaking the law. Which do you want? I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't there. I can't say. But I, I know what I knew and I know what I hold him responsible to know and I know what he did. And I know what I would have done. I would never... You know, I would have taken a bullet in the head before I would I would implement a calling of the. 
Okay, so if you want to call in and you want to you want to take this on, I'll be happy to take your call. 803-619-9855. Call in live. Don't call in after the show's over. Do not call this number. Don't text it because nobody's going to respond. Okay, But if you want to call in now, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to defend this and say, no, 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 she's wrong, this and this is why, love to hear from you. You're going to justify putting a man who put a bioweapon out there. See, here's what people don't understand. This is often how this is often how it happens. Republicans come in and they put the framework in place. They tell you it's going to be good for you and all that, and they sell it to you, it's good for you, and they put the framework in place. And then the other guys come along, the quote unquote bad guys come along. And by the way, usually that infrastructure that's put in place is unconstitutional too. Okay. But they put it in place, and then it's the Democrats who come along, they actually go and use it. So here's what's going on. Let me give you a simple scenario. Donald Trump bought the gun, put the bullets in it, set up all the optics on on that gun, and then passed it on to the next guy who would go into the White House. And that guy took the gun and put the laser beam on you and me and said, if you don't take, if you don't take the gun from my hand, put it to your head, spin the chamber, and pull the trigger, then you're not going to have a job. You're not going to go into a building. You're not going to go to a restaurant. You're not going to leave your house. In fact, if you do so, we might even have guys that will come get you, and they'll quarantine you. You see how it works? They're both bad guys. There's not a good party and a bad... They're all bad there. In that sense. And nobody... This is what I was talking about, about the impeachments of Donald Trump. Those things are orchestrated. They're scripted. They had nothing on him in that. And I told you that when they were impeaching him. I didn't agree with their impeachments of him. If they wanted to impeach Donald Trump, they could have done it for several things that are unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional spending, especially money to Planned Parenthood, foreign entities, for just a variety of things. His attacks on the Second Amendment with red flag laws coming out of his DOJ that were paying money to the states to implement those things, which are a violation of virtually all of the Bill of Rights. All of that was being done. And so, again, I, I'm just saying, if you're a Trump supporter and you're going to want to put him into office and you're going to go, well, then are you going to... I'm not voting for any of them. I've already told you. Who should we vote for, Tim? You should be self-governing under King Jesus. That's what you should be doing. But instead, you want a man to rule over you. And you think that a man is going to solve it. A man who runs in the same circles of the same people who have been doing this to us for 170 years. Those kinds of people, that same mentality. And so I think when I watch this, this is one of the best to me, seven minutes of somebody trying to help a guy who is a political idolater. Sorry, Greg, it's clear that you are. You cannot think Donald Trump would do anything that was un-American, that was unconstitutional. And see, this is the mentality. This is that, 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 that Genesis 11 Babylon language. It gets the people to think the same way and to say the same things. 
That's what it does. And it indoctrinates them. And it's once you're indoctrinated, it's hard to break that. You can do it, but you got to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest with the information that you've been given. And if you can't do that, you are stuck in that indoctrination and that idolatry. And the Bible calls you to repentance. And I'll say this for Greg. I don't I'm I'm pretty sure Greg probably would say he's a Christian and this, that, and the other, but I'm gonna say, Greg, you gotta repent of this idolatry, man. Cause that's what I hear coming out. The justification of the political idol. Here's the rest of the interview. The American population. Right. Of course, we can't. We have to lay some blame squarely at Biden's. You have uh, vax or job. He just keeps trying to go back to Biden. This shit, which Trump wouldn't have done. Uh, that's what he says anyway. And right. So let, let's back up because you know pure evil. it's we're, we're not talking about we're we're talking around in a box where there are no solutions, and we have to go to where we can get power and implement real solutions. I know so this just was... remember, I just want to make this clear. In October two thousand nineteen. When everybody in America was being entertained by the teenage sex life of the Supreme Court nominee, Kavanaugh, the House, the Senate, and the White House, Democrat and Republican, both sides of the aisle, got together and approved Statement 56 of the Federal Accounting Advisory or Standards Advisory Board, which said that they could keep secret books. That was everybody together. Okay. So, so there is no right versus left. There is no Trump versus Biden. There is a machine in control of a spending machine that is financed with our taxes and debt borrowed in our name that is being sold into our pension funds and into our retirement accounts. There is that machine, and that machine, to keep balancing the books, is implementing a depopulation plan. That is the reality that has to be faced and changing the president won't matter. All right, so you you hear what she just gave you the truth of what's go, what the what the issue is. And so <clears throat> for those who keep wanting to play that game, you can't wait to November to cast your vote for your federal uh, masters because that's what you're doing. This is what she's telling you is going on. You can vote those cats in all day long. And as soon as they get up there, you know, I've often wondered if a president who's talking big about taking it to the man and, you know, taking down the deep state and draining the swamp and all this stuff. I got a I got a feeling that even the ones who actually mean that they get in office and I just I think somebody takes them in a the back room and they shows them the, they show them the Kennedy assassination. They say, now, do you, is there any questions about what's going on here? Who's really in charge? But seriously, I, that's what I think. There's probably some people who give them some nudges. Maybe it's a little more right in your face like that. I don't know. But they let them know you're not the one running things. You're going to do what we tell you to do. And the guys may come in there with all these ideas and this, that, and the other, and it's somebody else really running the show. And I'm going to tell you, if Trump was actually fighting the deep state, if he was actually fighting all the corruption, if, he, if that's what he was really doing, I want to ask you something. Why doesn't he have a bullet hole in his head? Huh? I mean, they've really been emboldened over the past 50 years. They killed Kennedy in the broad daylight in the middle of the day in front of everybody. Have they done that to Trump? No. They're letting him do his little marketing song and dance. 
is P.T. Barnum. They're letting him do that. And it's driving the support towards him. It's driving the support towards him. Not away from him, towards him. you got to keep that in mind. With that said, there is plenty of things, and this, and this revolves around the money too. She said he took $10 billion to be spent on killing you and me. So I labeled the, the, the title of the show, The U.S. Government is Not Just Trying to Tank the Dollar. They are trying to do that. And they want to do it by overwhelming the system, and then they're ready with their solution of digital currency. Okay? That's, what, that's where all that's being driven toward. And again, we go back to passages like Deuteronomy 28. We, again, we reference this all the time. Why? Because this is God showing us how he deals with a disobedient people. Verse 43, the stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high. Are we seeing that now? Yep. Yep. I mean, we, we talk about even the differences of treatments at the airport for the illegals coming in and you and me. We got to take our shoes off, got to take our, our clothes off, our hats off, our backpacks off, pull out all our stuff, let them violate the Fourth Amendment all over the place to get on a plane. And now they're going to tell us next year in order to take a domestic flight, not an international, a domestic, you have to have a certain kind of ID, real ID. It's not really anything different that I see than your regular driver's license that they put a little yellow star on there, a little gold star on there. Mm, yep, that brings up some history too, doesn't it? But he says, The stranger that is within thee shall get up very high, get above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. Think about how we're... we're yes, we're having accidents in the morning here. <laughs> uh, think about what went on here. That where does, where does a lot of our debt come from? Now, it's small. Some people think it's all the debt. It's not. It's a small percentage of debt, but it's a, it's a pretty big amount that we owe to China. Now, frankly, I think we could call in our favors that we've had to, towards China and uh, just cut the debt off and just say, we don't owe you anything. You know, we, we had other things that we were doing here, too. And you guys have taken money from us. And you've taken technology and all kinds of other things. We're not paying you. It should be as simple as that. should be. But here's what we see. He shall lend to thee, thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. Now, that was completely flipped around when they were obeying God, and God said that all the blessings would overtake them. Then he says, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded thee. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder, and upon thy seed forever, because thou servest not the Lord thy God, with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until we have destroyed thee. Is that what you want, America? It's not what I want. When well, order to break that, that yoke of bondage, you're going to have to get out from under the political idolatry. You have to learn to self-govern. All your answers are right there in the scriptures and right there in your local community. And I think God's given us the resources that we need. Other people, money if we need that, opportunities, we have those. 
ask the Lord. He'll open up those doors. I know he will. He's doing it for other people. I see them. I see them doing it, and I see them gaining victories. Yeah, did they? Did they get smacked down every once in a while? Yeah, did they mess it up every once in a while? Yeah, but they keep getting up. They learn from that process, and they keep advancing towards the enemy. They're not running from the enemy. They're running towards the enemy to deal with the enemy. Now, with that said, again, the money issues. They're not just trying to tank the dollar. They're trying to kill us. They're doing both of them. And I think that's what Catherine Austin Fitz was just hitting at right here is what they're doing. Spending the money and killing off the population. And Greg can't believe Donald Trump would be so wicked. Greg, have you seen the man's penthouse apartment? I mean, it is a shrine to Apollos. It's not to Jesus. It's to Apollos. I mean, the idolatry of Donald Trump, even about himself, retweeting out he's like the second coming of God. He's, you know, Messiah, all this kind of stuff. He's just fine with all the billboards that say he's the word that became flesh. The government's on his shoulders, blah, 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 all this stuff. Trying to equate himself with the one and only perfect God-man, the Lord Jesus, and and. People like Greg want to put a man like that in office. It just blows my mind. Really does. Really does. Okay, so I've got a. <clears throat> this is about. This is going to run over. So I'm just letting you guys on the radio know. I'll stop it just before. But um, and we'll give out uh, Kirk's w- uh, website right here, and I'll do it right before we cut out for the radio. But you guys, if you want to uh, catch all of this interview that I'm going to play in full. Um, you need to go to sonsoflibertymedia.com before it's news.com, top of the page there, or rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And uh, this is, the, I think the interview is about 35 or 40 minutes, so we're definitely going to run over quite a bit. But you can check out Kirk at getgoldandsilvertoday.com, getgoldandsilvertoday.com. And this is the interview that I had with uh, Kirk just the other day, and uh, we're going to deal with this issue on, on the money. So take a listen. Okay, all right, we're back here, and uh, we've got our friend Kirk Elliott on. Uh, we're going to be talking about gold and silver, but we're also going to be talking about some things that are going on in our economy today. And um, this is important stuff because, again, knowing where these things go uh, is not—we're not doing it as a fear tactic. At least that's not my intention here. My intention is to to let people know these are the things that's going on, and here are some ways you can prepare for them because. Uh, a lot of people say, well, they're not, they, they didn't try to push a cashless society and all this stuff before. Well, they tried to do it in different places and things of that nature. And that's gone on throughout history where they try to do certain things. We can even go back in the Roman world and we can see that people weren't allowed to buy and sell unless they were going to burn incense to Caesar and acknowledge that he was the god of the, the empire as well. So all this stuff's gone on, but gold and silver has been one of these things that maintains its value. It's both biblical money. And it's also constitutional money. For those who don't know, you think that little piece of paper has some real value in your pocket. Uh, it really doesn't. It only has because you think it does. So here to talk about some of these things that we're going to talk about today uh, is my friend Kirk Elliott. Kirk, good to see you again, man. Oh, it's great to be with you, Tim. Absolutely, absolutely. And and so listen, what do we got going on today? Because we've talked a lot about, we've talked about CBDCs, we've talked about the debt, we talked about... Um, what, what did we mention the last time? I think we got into some of the spending things that are going on. All of this affects the value of what we call the dollar today. 
uh, because all of that money being printed gets devalued. It's kind of like if you have something really rare. I remember years ago being on eBay, and I had all these little Star Wars figures from when I was a kid. And when you'd find them on there, they were real rare, and they were really expensive, so I sold a bunch of my stuff. But now it's so commonplace, you can find them everywhere. It's not You don't make that much money off of it. The same thing happens with the dollar when you print it like that too, doesn't it? It becomes... It's not so rare. It's not, it doesn't have any value. Yeah. I mean, so put it into perspective. So boy, back in like 1920, let's go back a hundred years. So back then our currency was backed by gold. So you could have a a $20 bill or one ounce of gold. And back in the days, I mean, you can still get them today. You know, the old gold coins that say $20 face value because they were convertible for the currency. Right. So so you could go to the bank, you could go to Sears or whatever was around back then and buy stuff or actually deposit it at the bank because it was convertible. So, but fast forward to today and ask this question, what did 20 bucks buy you back then? Or the one ounce of gold? Well, you could have bought a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, a tie, a belt and shoes. That's what you could have purchased. So, but that 20 bucks doesn't get you that today. Obviously, right? Because you can't even go to Chili's on date night for twenty say, bucks. Even the value no. menus, you can you can't even get two of those for twenty bucks. No, you can't even get a pair of socks for twenty bucks hardly. So, so I mean, I went to go get some hunting socks with my son. It's like, man, they were like thirty eight bucks. I mean, they were nice and warm and thick, but they socks. They were socks, right? It's like we're not getting those socks. We'll find something better. So. Um, or cheaper is what I should say. But what does that one ounce of gold still get you? At a couple thousand dollars an ounce, it still buys you a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, a tie, a belt, and shoes. See, a hundred years later, the gold does exactly the same thing as it did back then. It maintained its purchasing power. So that's how we have to start looking at things, Tim, is, is I would encourage everybody watching this show to not measure your wealth in how many dollars you have. I would encourage you to start measuring your wealth in how many ounces of gold or silver do you control? Because that's going to maintain its purchasing power over time, right? So so what is going to erode our purchasing power? The the relentless, unrelenting printing of money, right? With every stimulus that we see, all this debt spending, the raising the debt ceiling. All right, we're going to pick this up. That's a little loud. Sorry about that, guys. We're going to pick this up, sonsoflibertymedia.com, and Bradley be with you at 3. See you in the morning at 6 a.m. Check out Kurt, getgoldensilvertoday.com. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio, and I'm going to pop this over here, and we're going to finish up this interview here with, uh, with Kurt. Aid to Ukraine, all of that, right? All of that's just money that's being printed out of thin air because since the last time we talked, um, the BRICS nations on January 1st actually added six of the nine largest oil producers in the world into the BRICS nations, right? So what does that mean? That means they're going to use their own currencies with 70% of the world's population to purchase oil, no longer the U.S. dollar. It's like you can kiss the petrodollar goodbye. Having the petrodollar is the standard to purchase oil with globally, gave us built-in demand for our currency. Yep. Whether we were printing money, whether we had all this debt, people still needed our currency. But now they don't need it in 70% of the world's population because by decree, 
they're going to use their own currencies to pay for oil in the BRICS nations. So what does that mean? We still have expenses. We still have stimulus. We still have all this stuff, but we don't have the inflow coming in, which means we're going to have to print to get out of it. And that's going to create more inflation. More inflation means the policy mechanism to slow that down is raising interest rates. <clears throat> okay, so let's start connecting some dots here. Why is it that you think Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell at the Fed have basically said, oh, we've won this war against inflation. We're really good. And we can start lowering rates in 2024 because we've won this battle. Well, what happened over the last four months? They didn't lower rates like they promised. In fact, it was pause, 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 pause. Four months in a row, they didn't lower rates. They just kept them at this high level. Why? Because they know they haven't won the war on inflation because they're still printing yeah, sure. money like there's no tomorrow. Now, here's what I think is coming next, brother. And it, it is banking crisis 2.0, right? We saw Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, Silvergate, Credit Suisse, First Republic, all go basically into FDIC receivership. They went belly up last year, right in March. So, and it, and it was a contagion, a bank run started to spread just like that old Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. When, when people were going into the banks and there was no cash and they couldn't get it out because the banks were empty, right? So, yep. so why now do I think this is going to happen again? Couple reasons. A, they never fixed the banking crisis. They hid it. It was hidden. So after those first five banks failed, they instituted, they being the, the treasury, instituted a program called the BTFP. The, the Banking Temp Financing Program. So remember after 2009 when we had the big market crash and they had that stupid TARP bill? The Yep. I can't remember what TARP stood for, but it was all the emergency stimulus money to keep the economy afloat. The BTFP was an, similar to TARP in that it's emergency funding for failing banks to avoid bank runs. It was just emergency capital being injected into banks when they were running out of money. Because if if this kept going back then, you would have had bank failures across the country. It wouldn't have stopped at five regional banks. So, so guess what happened on January 24th? They met. And what did they decide to do? Sunset that emergency funding program. So March 11th of this year, so just a couple weeks away, that, that emergency funding provision for the banks ends. It's done. They sunset it. It's gone. Right. So that means banks aren't going to have any capital injected for emergencies anymore. So let okay. me hold on. So let me ask you a question. When that happens, what's going to happen to these banks? <laughs> they're they're going to pro probably go belly up. So since then, I can't believe they would let the two big to fail banks go belly up. I mean, sure, surely they've got something they're going to support that with. Or are they just getting rid of the middlemen and they're wanting to control it all themselves through CBDCs and stuff? Is, am I missing something there? Yeah, so okay. so here's, okay, I, you just connected some dots that are really important to connect. So, okay. so they're not going to bail out these banks. I think they're going to, they, they might bail out some, right? But I think overall, you're going to see banking failures. Now, since this was, this announcement was made, you had regional bank shares just collapse. Their, their share prices, their stock value, some of them down 70% in January alone. Right. So so you're talking about Zions Bank, Comerica Bank, um, 
PacWest, which is around back then. But then the big one that's on the list, which is not a regional bank, Schwab. Schwab is not a small financial wow. institution. It's massive. Well, what what's what was this list that they were on? Banks where their stocks were tanking. Why were their stocks tanking? Because people in the know, the hedge funds, everything else, oh, these banks are undercapitalized. They don't have enough money. Without emergency funding coming in, we don't know if this is going to survive. This is why perception is reality in the stock market. People perceived these banks, and we're not talking about individual investors. They're clueless when it comes to how much capital does a bank have. But I guarantee you this, the big hedge funds know they know everything. When you're investing billions of dollars in places, you know everything about everything about those companies. So their stocks are faltering. Now, here's something that's an interesting story to, to watch it play out. New York Community Bank, What what's significant about them? When you had the first round of bank failures, they bought out Signature Bank. So they acquired that bank. But why would they want Signature Bank? Signature Bank was so toxic that they went under. They had to go into FDIC receivership, but yet there's a bank that wanted them. So imagine you, Tim, you're sitting at your desk and you have two cups in front of you. One is full of fresh water and the other one's full of poison. Okay, So you said, hmm, I'm just going to drop a little bit of this poison into the water. What does it do? It taints the entire glass of fresh water. Sure. Well, when a bank acquires a bank with toxic assets, it just made their balance sheet toxic too. This is what happened to uh, New York Community Bank. So now only 40% of their assets are covered by FDIC. They're so toxic that their stock value came down 71% in January alone. It's like, good grief. I mean, they're falling apart. So I think that one is ripe to basically go belly up, right? So, so that's just the first. And to think in any rational world, that you're going to have um, a bank that buys toxic assets from another bank and think that your balance sheet's still going to look good? Dream world. That's not going to happen. Sure. You are going to get sick, right, by pulling that on. This is what's happening to the banks. Now, who else thinks that this is probably going to be the case? So you've got – watch what the billionaires do, right, because they're going to have a – they're best interest in, right? Just like everybody, but they've got billions to lose. So Warren Buffett, the Oracle of Omaha, right? one of the, one of the best investors in the history of the world, you know, that's his, that's what he's known for. Um, Berkshire Hathaway, they're sitting on mountains of cash, mountains. They're selling stuff, they're hoarding cash. And to what end? Well, we don't have to speculate. Warren Buffett said, said, well, we're actually going to use this cash to buy companies at a huge discount after the correction. It's like, hmm. That's he's pretty smart. A stock market collapse. Yeah. It is smart. And here's the thing. He's a liberal. He's 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 a capitalist or, or a, a globalist. He's a liberal. He's pro-Biden. He doesn't even think Bidenomics is going to work. Right? <laughs> so, so they're sitting on a mountain of cash to buy companies at a huge discount. And that's what he does. He's a value investor. Value meaning I'm not going to overpay for stuff. I'm only going to get it at a huge discount. He's expecting a correction. Look at Blackstone. Blackstone is the largest, or maybe one of maybe the second largest, but I think they're the largest real estate, you know, holding company in the world. Now that Evergrande went belly up, I think Blackstone is next, right? So so Blackstone, they're sitting on mountains of cash too. We don't have to speculate why. 
because they said, why are you sitting on mountains of cash? Well, we're expecting a huge, massive real estate collapse, and we want to buy real estate for pennies on the dollar. So we're just holding it. They actually did a big, huge capital raise to do what? Not to buy apartment buildings or whatever. They 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 did a capital raise just to get cash. It's like, who does that? What kind of investment company says, hey, we're going to raise your capital so we can put it in cash? It's like, okay, they're using it because they want to save it to use it to buy real estate at dirt cheap prices. Now, the last one from just three days ago, Jeff Bezos at Amazon. We don't know what the use of his funds are, but what did he do? Um, we can go and look, and I did. Um, here, let me show you these two forms. Um, so, went to the SEC. When you're somebody like Jeff Bezos, you're big. You own one of the largest companies in the world, Amazon, right? So whenever you're going to buy and sell your own company shares, you have to re report it. So these forms um, at the SEC said he's going to sell some of his own personal shares in his own company. How much? $10.5 billion worth. Holy smokes. <laughs> With a B. Wow. So, so let's just say you're a business owner, Tim, and you, you believe your company is amazing because you're leading it. Well, Jeff Bezos is a narcissist. He thinks Amazon is huge and amazing because it is huge, right? They've done a, a big job in controlling the world. But what does he not think is going to happen? That they're probably not going to do good moving forward, or else why would you sell $10.5 billion worth of your own shares? If you thought the economy was good and it was going to grow, your share price would go up. You would not would you just not sell it. You would keep it or maybe add more, right? But he's dumping it. $10.5 billion. We've got the SEC documents that show he applied for that to get approval. So, so you look at what's happening with the economy. And then I always have to ask myself, why? Why do these people do things? Why would Warren Buffett do that? Why would Blackstone do that? Why would Bezos do that? Well, because the economy is, is always a function of revenue whether it's gross domestic product at the national level, whether it's the earnings or profits of a particular company, they thrive on revenue. If you don't have revenue, meaning people paying for stuff, you're not going to have earnings, you're not going to have profits, and your share price is going to go. See, the, the gross domestic product of America, the numbers just came out last week, and they're bragging about how it was like 2%. It's like 2%. What's gross domestic product? It's actually the reflection of everything you and I spend at stores, so retail prices of things that are produced in America, right? So, so therefore, unofficially, inflation is at 15%. So if GDP is a reflection of everything we're spending at retail stores, GDP should grow at 15%. I mean, it's just, it, if it's a function of what we're spending- You would think, right. You would think, in theory, that would make sense. In reality, that should make sense. But they're bragging about how GDP is 2%. It's like, what? That's so far below. So what that means is that the economy is actually shrinking. It's shrinking, right? And so, so then we've got geopolitical concerns. We don't just have to worry about the U.S. economy and the stock market and why people are selling this and that and whatever. So did you, did you watch the Tucker interview with Putin? Yeah, I watched, I watched some of it. I didn't get to see the whole thing, but I've watched I mean, some of it. It was two hours long. It was yeah. insane long. Yeah. But but here's the gist of it in a nutshell. First 38 minutes, Tucker's asking Putin, you know, just random question. And 
Putin goes on this historical, you know, journey through the history of Russia back to the year 850. What did that show me? It showed me he knew how Russia started. He knew what Russia's place was in the world, and he knew where he wanted to take his country because Putin's a nationalist, right? Every president of every country should be a nationalist. I love my country. I want my people to succeed. I'm going to do everything it takes to make sure that my country succeeds. Absolutely. That's what nationalism is. What's what's Biden? So as I was watching that, I'm thinking, oh, my word, we're hosed, right? Because Putin is rattling off without notes a thousand years of history of Russia in 38 minutes, and Biden can't even remember what happened yesterday. In fact, the Justice Department said he's elderly and he has memory issues. He's not... He's not fit to, for trial. He can't even go on trial. Well, because beyond a reasonable doubt would have to come in. It's like, well, we don't have a reasonable doubt that he can remember what he even said. So therefore, he's not fit for trial. Well, how can he be fit to be the president of the United States? He can't <laughs> totally, even be fit for trial. I totally agree. And I think that's a that's a pretty bad argument anyway They that they give that people aren't fit to be tried. Look, if you do the crime... Uh, and you're suspected of doing it. I don't care what your mental capacity is. You should you should stand trial for that. But let me ask you something. When you're talking about Bezos and these guys selling off stock and what they perceive coming down the road, maybe they have some inside information of how they're going to try to. Because I think it's going to be like uh, WTC 9/11. I think it's going to be a controlled demolition of the economy. I think that's what we're actually seeing now. And I'm I'm not an economist, but it looks like that way to me. So my question is, what about companies like? Say, for instance, LifeWave. Uh, they're pouring new money into a new facility in Utah. Uh, they're coming out with new technologies and, and other things like that. They, you know, And I've always heard when the economy is really bad, that's the best time to start businesses, invest in your businesses, stuff like that, because everything's low. What about people like that? What about people like the company that my sons work for? They're opening up new facilities. They make um, industrial-type fans and things of that nature. I mean, these guys are doing, it looks like, the exact opposite of Bezos and company. What's going on there? Well, okay. So Do they just I not see what, it? Well, no, I think they might see it. But what you're going to start to see, like, with Lightweight, right? Um, alternative to Big Pharma. Right. Yeah. So, so they've got they've got some competition they can drive to themselves. I see that. Sure. So you're seeing what's happening in the medical world across the, the board. And you've got new pandemics and planned pandemics and new variants and this and that. And here in Colorado, where I live, Denver Health, the big hospital, um, two months ago, gave all employees at the hospital live live Ebola vaccine. What? Like, what? Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. So now the governor of Colorado is saying, oh, we've got this new plan to immunize Colorado. Ebola vaccine. And when asked why, they said, well, we're preparing for the next pandemic. It's like, what makes you think Gosh. it's going to be Ebola, right? I mean, good grief. So so they're getting Ebola vaccine. And down the road, 60 miles down the road in Colorado Springs, is the Ebola vaccine lab, right? It's like the Wuhan of North America. Right. So so they're doing testing on the stupid Ebola vaccine 60 miles down the road from Denver, where they're getting live Ebola vaccine injections. It's like, man, this is crazy. What That's a special kind for? of stupid, ain't it? Oh, that is a special kind of stupid. It's like why well, Ebola hasn't really been a thing to worry about, you know, outside of like sub-Saharan Africa every once in a blue moon. 
anywhere in the world. Well, why do they think it's going to actually be a widespread global pandemic? Why do you have to have a vaccine for it here? And why would hospital workers in Denver have to take it? Now, maybe you would take it. I mean, I, I don't like vaccines to begin with, but if you were like a, a clinical worker in the Congo, maybe you'd want to take it. I don't know. Right. But but why here? This doesn't make any sense. Right. So so you've got all of these things are pointing to something that you actually brought up when you were connecting some dots at the beginning of the show is I think they want banks to fail. Right. Because when banks fail, when there's crisis, when you have this kind of garbage that's going on with a new pandemic that's going to impact the economy in a negative way, impact people's health with something scarier than the flu. Right. What are people going to start to do? They're going to start to give up their freedoms and they're going to say, government, you got to take care of us, please. You fix it in the financial world. They want to fix it with central bank digital currency. Yep. That's the trap. Yep. Right. That's like the Trojan horse. It's like, don't do that. Once you go in, you're not getting your money out. They're going to control everything about you, your ability to buy or sell based on your ideology. Right. But people would willingly give up that financial privacy and financial freedom in exchange for you can fix the economy with this, have at it, because I can't feed my family, right? Yep, I so, see it. I see the trap is set, yep. Mm -hmm. The trap is set, and and now you've got future pandemics. Now you've got another emerging crisis, which is an election crisis. I mean, I just read a report yesterday. You, so you're starting to get even the left, you know, saying, ah, Biden is I." I yeah. <laughs> Is he really our guy? You know, that kind of a feeling. And so I saw this report yesterday. Uh, in August is the DNC convention. See, a way to get past the rules and, you know, go through the primaries and caucuses or whatever else is simply go to the convention. And Biden gets up there and says, hey, I got health issues. I can't actually run. I'm going to bow out and I'm going to endorse. I'm just picking names out of a hat. Michelle Obama. So then all the delegates just get to say in an emergency vote, yeah, let's pick her, right? So easy. They can actually get rid of it and have it be clean and, and start to create the world that they want without having to spend a bunch of money during primaries and caucuses and who's going to run and who's not and wasting all this stuff when you can do it through an emergency procedural delegate vote like that. So I'm looking at all these things and starting to connect dots economically, health-wise, Um you're looking at the border crisis, too. It's like in, in Colorado, you would think, literally, that the border moved to Denver. <laughs> I mean, we've got over 200 migrants a day coming into Union Station. My office is right across the street from Union Station. I see them coming off the train. It's become such a problem in Denver. See, Denver itself has like 3.5 million people in all the suburbs and everything. But Denver city limits is 710,000 people. 40,000 of them are now migrants coming up from El Paso. Wow. 40, That's 000. a lot. So so the 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 budget of Denver is now 10 to 15% of our annual budget is used to house these illegal migrants. That's coming crazy. Up. That's absolutely now crazy. The mayor of Denver just decided, well, we don't know how to take care of them, so let's do three things. We're going to cut staff at the DMV. Okay. Tim how could the DMV possibly get worse? <laughs> well, not even having even fewer people working there is how um, parks and rec, they're going to cut staff there. But now they've got these hotels and stuff where these, these temporary housing 
for the people coming up from across the border that they that they stay at. Well, they used to be able to stay there for 38 days. Well, now, because there's so many of them that they're kicking them out after eight days, they're having to go live on the streets. The streets of Denver are turning into something that nobody in downtown Denver ever thought they would look like five months ago. I mean, it's just so this is a fiscal cliff that municipalities and big cities are are starting to encounter. This is a fiscal cliff for the U.S. federal government because we no longer have built in demand for our currency with the emergence of the BRICS nation stripping away our petrodollar. So whether you're looking at cities, you know, municipalities, states, the federal government, we're losing our revenue streams. I mean, absolutely losing them. Now, we're looking at like, go back to Bezos, right? So, and all these tech companies, you know, the stock markets at these ridiculous highs because of stimulus money and being injected into them, the tech stocks are even higher. Then why in January did the tech companies lay off over 24,000 employees? Right. If their stocks are doing good, you would think that their revenue sure. is up and they're doing They'd really be hiring great. more people, hiring more people, not getting rid of twenty four thousand. You know, so Microsoft laid off nineteen hundred SAP, eight thousand Amazon. I mean, they all were laying off. So I started thinking about it. It's like, I get it. This is what you and I talked about two shows ago. Artificial intelligence. This is what Kurzweil, the, the old you know chief technology technology officer at Google, had this vision of a future world where it was singularity, where humans and machines converge and the computers went out. They become smarter than humans and can do what a human can do in their in their mind. So right? uh, hang on. So are, are you telling me we're getting ourselves set up to see Sarah Connor here and John Connor and uh, and the Terminators come out and all that? I mean, that that's it's it's probably more frightening in the film than it is uh, what you would see in life. But it's. But I can see how that would cause people to just submit themselves. You know, we read about it actually in Genesis where we saw the famine came through and God had provided Joseph with the means where they could take care of everything. Well, yeah. we see what happened with the people. The more they couldn't take care of themselves, they had to keep be dependent upon the Pharaoh. They were selling everything, including themselves, just so they could eat, just so them and their families could eat. That yeah. looks like what they're driving us toward, and I guess that's why uh, Klaus Schwab is so emboldened to say, you'll have nothing and you'll be happy. Uh, yeah. But I got news for the bad guys. Our father sees exactly what's going on. It's not going to end well for you guys. You'd be well to repent and live as a poor man rather than trying to control the world rather than face the wrath of God. But that's the message for the bad guys. For us here, Kurt, because uh, we're out of time uh, with you, I, I know your time's pretty pretty tight. you gotta, you got to be on other shows and stuff. But what can people do if they want to get in touch with you and say, look, here's my situation. And I know a lot of people are like our family is, is things are super tight. You don't really have a dime you can yeah. throw somewhere else. But what can they do and where can they go? Get goldandsilvertoday.com is where they can go and find you. And you guys will kind of outline, here's some strategies we can present for you. And, uh, and people can determine what they want to do based on the information that they've given. Tell people a little bit about what you guys will do for those. Yeah, so so everything that we've talked about these tech jobs, those jo those jobs aren't coming back. People are going to because they're being replaced with computers. So this vision for the future, it's here now, right? It's it's a different fear than the computers and Skynet and Terminator, you know, taking war against the humans because this one is just people are going to lose their jobs. Well, this there is a way to protect yourself financially as that happens, normal markets come down, 
Gold and silver thrive in environments like that. You know who else knows that? Central banks around the world that are buying gold literally by the thousands or hundreds of tons, tons, not ounces, tons. See, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. See, God gives us wisdom to navigate through this. When when it seems impossible, he always provides a way. Look at Nehemiah. When Amen. He built the wall. It's like, how in the world could Nehemiah build this wall in 50-something days or however long it was? When they were being attacked, they still did it, and they got it done because God is a God of miracles, right? And he takes care of us, and he gives us wisdom and knowledge and insight and discernment to navigate through these times. So one of those ways that we can do that financially is with gold and silver. It's it's tangible. It's real. You take delivery of it, or you put it in your IRA. It's not digital, so you're not a digital slave in their digital world. It's not paper that they can manipulate. It is a thing. And as we started the show with, it maintains its value over time. So that's what we help people do, strategically map out a plan for your financial future. So these plans that the globalists and the government have for us, they don't have to work on us if you get out of that system by going into a tangible asset, right? So so yeah, go to your website that you provided or simply give us a call at 720-605-3900 and say, Tim Brown sent you. Um, and we'll we'll go over, you know, dig in deep. We will hear you. We'll listen to you. We'll see what your dreams are, your goals are, what your fears are, and help alleviate those fears with a, I believe, a biblical, biblically sound model for investing moving forward by getting out of the beast financial system into something that's real. Yeah, amen, amen. And would you say, as a final word, would you say that people— uh, need to be a little bit more on the offense, not just reactionary here to what they're hearing, but even calling on local representatives and state representatives to go back to constitutional money, lawful money, because what we yes. got now is a lawless. It is, it's completely lawless, and this is how they're doing all the lawless things. Would you say that people need to do that in the local area, start demanding, get rid of this fiat money? It's, it's, it's killing us. We need to go back to constitutional money, and people can find that in their constitution. We haven't had that in a hundred years. Uh, so would you, since 1913 when the federal reserve yeah. became, would you encourage thing. people for that? A thousand percent brother. So Texas is going up for a vote in May to have a state chartered central bank backed by gold, get out of the federal system, encourage your, if you're in Texas, encourage your house of representatives at the Texas state house to vote. Yes. Right. Um, and then Oklahoma is now initiating the similar legislation to have an Oklahoma state bank backed by gold and silver. Other states now, I've, I've, I think there's about 10 or 11 where they're pending legislation to move in that, in that realm, right? So this is where the founding fathers, they never wanted a central bank nationally because they know that comes with way too much control through power, right? So they wanted competition of currencies, states rising up under their own states' rights, the federalism, you know, that's what federalism is, is if states can do it, then they should. And so if the states can do it, the feds shouldn't, right? If it's something that the feds can do that the states can't, then the state shouldn't. That's the separation of powers, right? So banking is something that easily states can do and should do. And so call your call your state reps and say, please support and sponsor and vote yes on legislation to have a state chartered central bank in my state backed with gold. 
Amen. Amen. I think that's a good word, Kirk, and uh, I appreciate your time for coming on. Hang on, I'll say goodbye to you off air, brother. All right. So that was our that was our interview. And yes, I did I did read your questions, guys, about the uh, asking about the president, uh, Carol Ann, and stuff. And I think I understand what you're saying. You're saying, well, if we're if we're if the Constitution requires a Congress and it requires a judiciary and it requires an executive branch and it requires a head of that branch as president, <clears throat> then shouldn't we seek to do that? Well, I'm going to tell you, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think our answer is going to come by focusing on that. I think the answer comes by, by what we were talking about right there at the end of the interview, and that is pushing it in a local area. Uh, pushing the ideas that we have espoused locally. So if you've got, uh, and, and again, you know, if you want to vote for a president, knock yourself out. But I'm telling you, people, you're going to give an account to the Lord for the person you put it, you put a vote for, because that vote's between you and God. It, all of us don't know who you vote for. And so the question then becomes: If you go in the in the in the civil sphere, the way God outlined it for uh, for kings of the day, what did they have to do? They had to write down the law, so they had a copy of it themselves, so they the people knew that they had the law in their possession, and if they weren't going to uphold the law under that particular system, God was going to deal with them. He was going to deal with the kings there uh, in their in their wicked behavior. And sadly, many of the people let it go on. They let it go on with many of the kings of Israel, let their wickedness go on. So the the obvious question then is, to bring justice in there before we start figuring out who we're going to put up there. I, I would say the issue is we've got to do it at the local level. We That's the place where we have the most influence, is locally. And sadly, if I were to take just a poll of the few hundred people, a couple hundred people who are listening, uh, at this time, how many of you actually go to your county council meeting your school board meeting you talk with your sheriff um, you have interactions with those who are supposed to represent you locally how many of you do that if you if you're not doing that why would you want to focus on the big beast when you're not taking care of things right there in your backyard that can be preventative in some measure against what that beast system's trying to do. And again, we've seen this with some states, and I'm not going to carry on here too long, but we've seen it with states as far as gold and silver. We're seeing states implementing things of saying, you know what, this is a legal tender. I don't know why they have to do that. That's already in the Constitution. In fact, that's the only kind of money we should be using. Uh, but we're not doing that. So again, the, I, the way I see it, I, I think... This is just me. I think we can do without the federal government. I really do. I really do. And I know some people think that's crazy, but we've dealt with it before. All right? Um, and it has become so corrupt, the only way to really deal with it is to deal with it at the local level. And um, so that's where I would say put your energy into. Um, we already know the two guys they've put up, and I, I don't... I am not one that says just because a man is older, that 
doesn't make him equipped for office. I think an, a godly man, a, an older, wise man, is a good thing. I don't care if he's 80 or 90 years old. His wisdom should come through in what he does. And it should be, you know, as we read the other day, wisdom's justified by our children. So if you've got a wise man, he's got a long track record, he's shown that he can be trusted, and he's got good character then, and he knows what the law is, he knows the bounds that he's supposed to stay in, and he's demonstrated that both in his home, maybe in a church, if he serves in a church, and maybe if he's done it in a business. But he's, he's been shown and proven to be an upstanding man with character. And um, if you don't have that, which we don't have in either one of the guys that, that they push to the forefront, why would we vote for them? Well, we wouldn't. And that's what I was talking about when I was saying we need to evaluate these people. We need to go beyond just what they're telling us. We need to look in that private life. That's what we need to do. Because whatever they are in private, that's what they're going to be in public. Now, they may put a face on to show you they're not that, which is just, they're just showing you their hypocrisies. But, but keep that in mind. Um, again, I think the best thing to do is to get with people. Boy, if you, if you want to see kind of what some of that looks like, go, go take a trip up there to Michigan. <laughs> uh, visit Bethany and Adam and uh, Mike Bambus and um, Gene and, some of the, and Asa and some of those guys up there as they're meeting together. Look, they're not like, you know, super guys or anything. They're people just like you and me, and they're learning. And they're taking what they learn, and they go put it into practice. So I, that's what I would say do. You know, try to learn those things. Do what you can do in your sphere of influence. And this is one of the things, and I'm going to close out with this. This is one of the things I think that happened uh, that Lincoln really began to start in what they were pushing, and that was that the people started looking to the federal government for the answers to all of their ills. That started then. Okay? And what is it now? If you have anything going on, we start, you start seeing people go to Washington, you know, over a gas stove, over, you know, if you've got a gun, whatever the case may be, everybody tries to go to Washington to fix things that they could fix without any representation. But we've been, we've, it's been drilled in our heads, this is the answer. This, this entity, this organized crime syndicate in D.C. in the swamp, is somehow, it has to remain, and the people have to support it no matter what. And I'm, I'm like, look, I can support some of the principles that are there. The Constitution didn't fall out of the sky, and it certainly was not inspired in the manner that the Bible was inspired either. And as a result of that, it's got things in it that I think do need to be changed. The, the, the limitations on taxation by Congress should be spelled out even more strictly than they are. And the consequences for disobeying it, uh, these, these guys who go in, boy, that should be dealt with too. And let me say this with closing. 
Uh, the show shouldn't be about the federal constitution. Um, I'm sorry. I was I was talking and I didn't see your your right that the writing that you had. You said. Uh, Okay, if that's the case, we don't support the federal constitution. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have such a corruption there that you're going to have to wipe out the whole mess, the whole lot of them. This is what I've said before. This is not going to be a thing if you're dealing with one guy. You've got virtually all of your Congress, virtually all of them, that have made unconstitutional votes. What is an unconstitutional vote? Well, it's a lawless vote. You've got judges throughout. You've got to clean all of them out, and I'm for, I'm for cleaning them out. My point was just pull, pull the teeth out of them through the states, through the local area, pull the teeth out by dissolving it, getting rid of those people who are making money on, on, you know, to support them while attacking us. You pull the teeth out of it. Now you don't have the lawless money in place. Now you're not sending money to your enemies. You're not going to fund the illegals here because you don't have it. And yeah, it's going to be painful. There's no question about that. It's going to be painful. But these are things... This is not the way it was obviously designed to do. Uh, I think um, Wordsworth mentioned... No, it's fine. You're, you're fine. Uh, you're, you're fine for asking questions. That's fine. What uh, Wordsworth was mentioning about you know, Adam's statement that it's for religious and moral people. It, l- listen to that quote. That's what it's for. People who take seriously their duties before God, that's really what he's trying to communicate. He says it's totally inadequate for any other. Well, what does that, what does that tell you about today? What have you heard from the Sons of Liberty? We have a lot of people who say they follow Christ, they're Christian, but they clearly don't, right? How does that Constitution govern those people? (laughs) You follow what I'm saying? Listen to their own words, the, the framers' own words. It's incapable of doing it. Why? Because the Constitution is relying upon people who govern themselves under King Jesus. That's the government on his shoulders. That's the government upon his shoulders. We are to be those who are under King Jesus. So, those of us who are there, do you think we're in a majority? I'm thinking not. So this constitution has been turned, and instead of being that which sits there and is basically out of our lives because it, it's there to it's there to actually bind those who are representatives. It says nothing about me. It says everything about them. You're not to do this. You're not to do that. But you can do these things. You can spend money on this. You can engage in war if you follow this procedure on behalf of the people. So I, I'm, I'm hoping I'm understanding that. So here's the thing. The Constitution does not require me to vote for anyone. It doesn't do that. Does it talk about Congress people? Does it talk about a president? Does it talk about judges? Yes, it, sure, it certainly does. But it does not require me to vote for any of them. And out of conscience, that's what I was telling people. I know people want they desire to do the right thing. I get that. 
But if all your choices, and look, every man that's going to be up for election, I don't care how good he is or how bad he is, they're going to have flaws. I get that. I'm not looking for some guy to never have any failures in his life or stuff. I'm not looking for that. But I am looking for a guy who will say, I'll do the job and I'll stay within the guidelines of the boundaries that the people gave me. I won't go outside and steal their money and do this. I won't go out and uh, push legislation that's going to infringe on their liberties. And I think men can do that if they actually love the people that put them in office. I think they could do that. But if those people aren't available, don't put your vote in for somebody just because they're better than somebody else. That's what I was trying to communicate. Okay, you got that? Okay, good. Okay, That's all I was trying to communicate. Um, if you've got somebody, and I've said this before, if you've got somebody, whatever their office are running for, if you've lived with those people, and what I'm saying, you lived in their community, you know how their homes run, you know what kind of man they are, you know how they treat people, you know that they've got a good reputation both in and outside the church as a godly man. Yeah, he may, you know, again, he's got that, he's got a, uh, a character that's born out even among unbelievers, because the scripture talks about that with, um, with the elders too, even among unbelievers. They may disagree with him, but they respect him because they know he's a godly man. Then, by all means, support that man. But if you don't know them, and you're just hearing it like third party or something, I would stay away because you're, you're going to be responsible for them. You're going to be responsible for them. Remember Paul when he talked about you know ordaining elders and stuff like that, laying the, on the hands of the presbytery. He says, don't lay hands on someone you know, who's a novice. Don't do it for somebody who's young in the faith because it'll puff them up and you're just setting them up for temptation so that they fall. Well, a lot of people already know that pretty much every individual that wants to go into the White House, and some of them into Congress and even on judges' benches, they're full of pride. Many of them are novices. They do not know the Constitution. They don't know the Bible. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, they know it because they've read it, but they they go in and think they can just do whatever they want because, well, the other side did it, and my colleagues have done it, and they justify it. So hopefully that's helpful. Uh, you can send me a message <laughs> uh, if you want to on Facebook. Maybe we can get a little clearer or have a phone conversation. That's fine. But I get what you're saying, and I'm glad that hopefully we, we got that cleared up. All right? Okay. We're out of here. It's almost two hours. Gosh, I got stuff to do here. <laughs> Bradley will be with you at 3 o'clock. And Lord willing, I'm going to be back with you in the morning, uh, bright and early, 6 a.m. Lord willing, talk to you then.